0: Welcome, welcome to the Holic's Holiday Special. I am John Agroni, host of the main show. And with me, I have the most wonderful podcaster of the year. It's Julia Tatey.
1: Hello. Happy holidays to everyone listening.
0: Except for me. Of Except course. for
1: John. John I... is getting coal in his stocking.
0: <laughs> it's true. I'm okay it with is. coal. I can make a nice little I can grill some bar, uh, burgers or something
1: I Thank mailed you. it to him personally
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely listen to this episode imagining Julia and myself in black and white in a 1950s setting and we're gonna go back because we're going back in time is what I'm trying to say for our holiday special we're gonna go back into the catalog of alternative Christmas movies but Julia what, what is an alternative Christmas movie I even I'm confused
1: So it's a little bit difficult to explain, but I'm going to give it my best shot. An alternative Christmas movie is basically a film that came out, everyone saw it, but it was not marketed as a Christmas movie. However, people have found through either themes or iconic scenes that they have found it to be a Christmas movie. So it's a Christmas movie that isn't a Christmas movie but makes you feel like it's a Christmas movie. Christmas? Christmas.
0: Christmas, Christmas. But Julia, I have a question. What if it doesn't have a scene in it that's set in Christmas? Could it still be a Christmas movie?
1: Oh, I think so. Definitely. I mean, as we both go through some of our choices for our favorite alternative Christmas movies, I think that some people might finally start to get the gist of what we're talking about by our favorite alternative Christmas movies.
0: That's right. I can't wait for you to explain how Halloween 3 is a Christmas movie. That's going to be a conversation to remember.
1: Absolutely. I I can't wait to dive into that one specifically. It's going to take at least an hour to dissect all of that.
0: <laughs> I will clarify in case any, I know some of you listening are getting excited now, no, that's no, not going to happen just to clarify, but we should kick things off. Julia, I want you to begin. I'm, I'm itching to hear your first pick. Uh, what, in fact, let's start it this way because you came to me about this idea. What was the first movie that sparked you wanting to talk about alternative Christmas movies? Let's just, let's start with the best. Cause we've heard all the rest.
1: Sure. So this movie, this particular film, it is, some people might call it a Christmas Carol or a Carol of the Bells, but most people know it as Carol, directed by Todd Haynes. It's a 2015 film with a screenplay written by Phyllis Nagy. Nagy, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and it's based off of the novel The Price of Salt. In 2015, it starred Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. It's about two women who had a secret affair with one another. During this time period, it's set in the 50s. Obviously, there were so many societal pressures, constraints, and just hatred for people who identified in the LGBTQIA plus community. And yet, we get this very stirring love story between these two women. It's nominated for a slew of Oscars, including nominations for both Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. And it's set during the winter time. Has all of the makings of what feels like a classic Christmas movie. You have the period piece setting. You have the gorgeous, intricate costumes. You even have some of the beautiful camera work and the lighting that brings out greens and the the subtle reds and warm exactly and it takes place over christmas in fact one of the very first scenes where carol played by cape blanchett and therese played by rooney mara meet and interact is when rooney mara is wearing her iconic little santa hat oh
0: yes absolutely iconic
1: Yes, and Kate Blanchett comes up to her and is looking for a specific doll, I believe it is, or a toy for her daughter. I think and is it a train? It might have been a train. It might have been a train. Um, it's been the, five the, years. <laughs> it's been five years, folks. But it's really, it's a really beautiful film about these two women who have this really intense, unspoken love and it's set over the holidays it has the makings of every bit of a christmas movie and i think a lot of people who have seen it and in the years since have essentially called it carol is a christmas movie again not the carol of the bells not a christmas carol just carol the christmas movie
0: this is on my list as well for all of the reasons you've mentioned and more and it you know what i love about this movie is that I think that all the best alternative Christmas movies should at least have some level of seduction. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: when I watch Carol, I feel like it's such a slow burn. It's not like their affair begins like all at once and that it's treated as this like wild and quick thing. It's very slow and methodical. And there's a lot of like patience you have to have. It reminds me of when I'm waiting for Christmas, when I'm waiting to get my gifts. And of course- these women are each other's gifts, so that is a big reason why I get into the Christmas spirit whenever I watch Carol.
1: Oh gosh, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I didn't even think of that.
0: Here's the problem: we have to disagree on some of these because not have to. I just know we're going to, right? So oh, I would,
1: I, I, I'm counting on it.
0: Yeah. So, um, Julia, I, I have to tell you about a a movie that I think is an alternative Christmas movie. And I think you're going to hate me for it.
1: Oh, gosh. Here we go. Starting again.
0: It's okay. It's okay. We'll get through this. Um, so we're going to talk about Red Dawn. Um, not the 2012 remake, of course. I'm not, you know, insane. Uh, but it is, I mean, I'm a little insane. It is the 1984 John Milius classic, Red Dawn, which stars Patrick Swayze, charlie sheen Leia thompson so many other great actors now i know some of you listening you know what red dawn is and you're wondering to yourself john this is a movie about how russia invades the u.s and a group of teens in colorado band together to use guerrilla warfare to protect their town um i get it i love the wolverines just as much as you do but how is red dawn a christmas movie um are you are you questioning this as well julia
1: i i would really like to hear this thesis and then i would like you to explain each and every point in great right. detail
0: <laughs> i'll keep it brief um the first time i ever watched red dawn was on christmas day i watched it because i couldn't sleep julia was too excited i was uh i was really excited that i was going to get that xbox right and i couldn't wait so i'm up all night And it's early Christmas morning, nobody's awake, and a young teenage John goes up to the living room and turns on the old television, and lo and behold, Red Dawn is playing. And I'd never seen it before. I'd heard of Red Dawn, thanks to the NBC sitcom Scrubs. And I've always been curious, what do they mean by Wolverines? What does that mean? Hugh Jackman? And the answer is no. It had nothing to do with Hugh Jackman or the X-Men. But instead, it is this lovely movie about a group of friends who aren't home for the holidays. They're out on an adventure that maybe they don't really wanna be on right now, if you know what I mean. But they find family and they find connection with each other outside of the place they call home and ultimately grow to develop um, adulthood. They come of age. In this, in this unique setting. And it reminds me of all the times when I've not been able to go home for the holidays. I can't go home for the holidays right now. It's not because the town where my family lives has been invaded by Russia, but in a sense, you could say that's actually the case <laughs> information warfare-wise. Um, but I can't go home for the holidays. And I have my friends here, though. I have my found family. And even though things feel kind of dire, and things kind of feel high stakes, I can relish in the camaraderie of the people I do have with me out in the crazy wilds of California. And that is why Red Dawn is one of my favorite alternative Christmas movies. Julia, you may now take me to task.
1: Well, I have to say, I think that you went through those points really quite seamlessly. I felt a lot of sentimentality there, which as we know, is one of the cornerstones of a classic christmas movie
0: this right? is now a christmas podcast is what oh you're trying my to say, gosh I
1: think. look at that we just changed everything a flip of a
0: hat <laughs> do, do no, you like what think... Don? or have you seen it or you hate it I, it's okay if you do i i, I, I won't take it personally
1: To in the spirit of of christmas and kindness and honesty john i have not seen that motion picture Okay, that's fine. But if you think it's a Christmas film, then I'm going to let you enjoy that Christmas film. And I have a Christmas film, actually, to share with you that
0: you might not
1: think is a Christmas movie uh, at face value, but it is. So the movie that I want to bring up to you, John, is another 2015 film called Tangerine was directed by Sean Baker, also written by Sean Baker, uh, with another co-writer. And it stars Maya Taylor. And it is about the work, or not the work, well, the work and also a day in the life of two uh, sex workers who are transgender, all of the different kind of uh, circumstances that they find each other in. And it is all happening on Christmas Eve in Tinseltown. Look at that California connection there, John. Mm -hmm. It's a really great film just on its own. It was received so well by both critics and audiences who sought it out. It was also shot on an iPhone, which is really incredible. So when Greta Gerwig tells you to go make your movie, she really means go make your movie. (laughs) But it's a really great film, and there's a one of my favorite scenes from the movie is when Maya Taylor, um, goes into one of the bars as her character Alexandra, and she sings this song from the movie Babes in Toyland, which is kind of thought of in the pantheon of classic Christmas movies. Is thought of to be a, a particular Christmas film. It's a really, really beautiful moment. It's a great uh, showcase of the talent of the cast, who was incredibly unknown for the time being, give or take a few uh, performers in the cast. Um, it's just a really, really good film. Sean Baker would obviously go on to direct The Florida Project with a stellar performance from Willem Defoe. And it's just a great movie. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Who wouldn't want to watch the wonderful antics mm-hmm. of this cast of characters moving into Christmas Eve and going into Christmas day:
0: I, I don't know why you thought I would I would oppose this. we you know I like tangerine and that uh, I believe it is very much. I mean it, this is such a Christmas movie such it a Christmas really
1: movie
0: um, like even I think I remember like one of the first scenes is when they're in like a donut shop
1: mm-hmm. on Christmas
0: Eve. I can't tell you how it's not an official tradition. But I've had donuts on Christmas Eve so many times in my life. And I remember when I first saw this movie, I just related so much. Um, I think the other actress is uh, Katana Rodriguez. Yes, is, is that yes, correct. correct. Um, yeah, because you mentioned Maya Taylor. And mm-hmm. I love both of them so much. You just fall in love with them. And I can't say I identify with everything that they do on Christmas Eve. Um, I've never done crystal meth, for example. But... <laughs> You know, if I did, I have a feeling it would go down similar to what happens in this movie. I'm making light of it, of it, of course, but this is such a movie about love and acceptance. And I mean, come on, what's more Christmas than that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, and then there you go, too, with the connection of the sentimentality. I mean, I grew up watching Babes in Toyland with my mom when I was little. And so hearing that song that Maya Taylor sings, it really just gets at those sentimental heartstrings. And, you know, what's more Christmas than that?
0: Okay, I'm gonna do a movie that some people would say is too Christmassy. And I wanna see what, cause, you know, I'm trying to go back and forth here, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: some people would say it's too Christmassy because, like, Christmas is such a central thing about it. But I don't think it was marketed as a Christmas movie. And I don't think people like talk about it like it was a Christmas movie. And th- this is a movie that, uh, very, very influential on another teenage John influence. And that is the the film called Just Friends. Have you seen Just Friends, Julia?
1: John, you're hitting me with some motion picture titles that I don't think I have seen before. So I'd like to hear this. OK,
0: this, Tell is, me about the, it. this is 2005 directed by Roger Cumble. This is the one with Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart where.
1: Oh, I do remember this film now. Yeah,
0: where they're friends yeah. in high school, but they're. <laughs> They're just friends, Julia. They're just friends. Yeah, it's sad. So Chris Brander, he has a crush on Amy Smart. She's like one of the cutest girls in school and they're best friends. But he's very insecure about his weight and his social awkwardness, even though-
1: Neither of us know what that feels like,
0: obviously. uh, (laughs) Right, yeah. Exactly. Um, Who among us did not have a crush on Jamie Palomino? Or you know what? Who did not have a crush on their best friend at some point? But he decides he's going to confess his feelings for Jamie in the yearbook, but then he gets humiliated at their graduation party. And he goes off and finds all this success in L.A., and a decade goes by, he drops the weight, and he thinks he's so great now. He thinks that happiness is tied up in your appearance, and it's tied up in the flashiness of your lifestyle, and he has to go back home for Christmas because, actually, he doesn't even mean to. His car or his uh, plane has to land or something, if I recall, um, and he's like dating Anna Faris, sort of, but not really. And uh, Anna Faris, the character, not the actress. Um But he reconnects with Jamie all this time later over Christmas Eve. And some people would say, well, this is very much a Christmas movie, John. Um, It's kind of got like the Christmas formula to it. Uh, But this is another movie that has so much other, it's more of a romantic sort of movie over this time. And the themes it's touching on are about, you know, what really makes a person, you know, good enough to uh in the eyes of like where they come from and it's a movie about the toxicity of the friend zone, which is something I hate so much. Um it's, we it's, hate it. If I can let's get it, let's leave on my that in 2020.
1: <laughs> let's leave it in 2020 <laughs> yeah. with all the I other will, bad stuff.
0: I will say the older I get, the less awful the friend zone stuff gets with people. It's like, particularly people I know, when you mature a bit, you start to understand, you know, platonic relationships are valid, and they're very important. And even if somebody doesn't feel the same way you do, there's no reason to toss a friendship or to cut anyone down and make them feel insignificant. And that's something I like about just friends. Um, It has some weird problematic stuff in it. Um, You know, that kind of, there's some wish fulfillment that happens in this movie, but what I do like about it is that it comes around and says, it really is about who you are and how you treat people is what makes you um, a person that is, I don't want to say dateable to, but you did mention Greta Gerwig. Um, You're not undateable for your appearance is is a message of just friends and uh it's got some good stuff in it and i always feel warm inside when i watch this movie it's very funny and it is very sweet and it does have a lot of positive positive messages even 15 years later i would argue
1: yeah i think that's a great entry on this alternative christmas list john
0: okay i was nervous i i didn't i i had a feeling people were going to be like might as well just said love actually um what else do you have Julia? Do you have one that's oh, right. a little bit more like in the on like a gray line?
1: I think I do. John and I think that we're about to get into it. We're going to get deeper into the politics Uh-oh. of Christmas movies now too. So there was a little film that came out in 2019 and in my opinion during a board season I felt like Jennifer Lopez in one particular scene of this film and I felt like a bunch of awards bodies they stole from everybody i'm talking about the 2019 film directed by Lorraine Scafaria called Hustlers hustlers mm. is yep. undoubtedly in my opinion a christmas movie for a number of reasons let's think about these things so back in october 2019 when i first saw hustlers i thought immediately after one pivotal scene where all of these women, Jennifer Lopez, Constance Wu, Lily Reinhart, Kiki Palmer, and their family members are gathered together enjoying a Christmas when they're actually able to bestow opulent gifts unto each other. Just thought, hmm, this movie is getting into some politics about Christmas. Not only was the scene Christmassy, making it a Christmas movie undoubtedly, but also when we think about Christmas, there are, for those of us who aren't so jolly and bright about it, and who think a little bit more critically about the capitalist intricacies of the holiday. It also had a lot of very interesting commentary about what people are able to financially offer to each other and the people that they love and the pressures that are seen during pivotal moments and major milestones throughout the year. What am I talking about? Christmas. (laughs) I think that Hustlers is a great film for a number of reasons. We get to see these women in a work environment because they are strippers, but those are bodies that are doing work, physical work, and they're trying to make a living and they're trying to make their way in the world just as anyone else is, and they shouldn't be judged for that any differently. It also, I think, speaks a lot to the bonds of women in workplaces a lot of discussions about how women are treated in workplaces, how workplaces change over time, especially for uh, people who aren't treated as well in their workspaces. Um, But beyond that specific Christmas scene that makes it a Christmas movie, I just think that the commentary on financial stability what we're able to offer to each other in material goods, what material goods mean to us and how they make us feel is also something very interesting that I think also coalesces with ideas of Christmas in a much, much more analytical and deeper sense.
0: I couldn't, So I, I couldn't agree more because I have hustlers on my list. And As you my should. main reason sounds pretty similar to yours is it's one of the better treatises on, like you're saying, materialism around Christmas and how this movie starts with these characters who are the have-nots and they have to scrape and work 10 times as hard just to get what these other people don't really work hard for. They cheat the system to get and they feel justified. But then as the movie goes by and then they suddenly have the opulent wealth, they lose sight of what really matters beyond having what you need for your you know to to care for your means and then they start to bring each other down and this is a redemptive movie though because ultimately the the last takeaway is that just being there for each other and checking in and calling you up and uh, taking care of each other over the holidays is really the hustle we should all be striving for so i agree hustlers is a christmas movie We we haven't disagreed yet this is weird
1: I know it's like I have some of the best picks that just, you know, keep affirming your choices. Mm. So we haven't had an argument yet, but I, I I still feel like one is coming on. I do. I really do. I also want to mention one of my favorite, absolute favorite lines from Hustlers is at the very end where Jennifer Lopez, which... Also, Jennifer Lopez gives such a stellar, incredible, one of my favorite performances of 2019 in this movie, when she says at the very end, the entire world, the country is a strip club. It just matters who's holding the money and who's doing the dance. And dang, if that isn't a good line.
0: Hmm. Very, very good point. Very good point. Um, Okay, I don't know about this one. I don't know how you're going to feel.
1: All right, just just lay it on me. We'll see how
0: I how I feel <laughs> about it. So this is one of my favorite all time movies, and it is very much a Christmas movie, and it's one of the most important Christmas movies I would argue, and that is Terry Gilliam's Brazil.
1: Wow, I'd like to feeling? hear about this. I want to. Know <laughs> I want to know why. I want to know well,
0: why. Here are the things we know about Brazil. It is a dystopian. Kind of apocalyptic film. It's from 1985. And it is about this bureaucrat played by Jonathan Price, who you know has this like very tedious job, but that's how he likes it. He has a very bureaucratic personality. And this entire movie satirizes all kinds of things that we've actually kind of mentioned with hustlers, like state-run capitalism. Um, but then also things like hyper surveillance and uh, like the technocracy and, and all of those things. It's it's very much a, a reaction to the, film, the uh, novel, excuse me, 1984. Yeah, I was going to say Shades of 1984 for sure. Absolutely. And... A lot of people don't don't immediately think of it as a Christmas movie, but there are a lot of themes that relate to Christmas here, particularly how Christmas in this movie, we see characters watching a Christmas carol, for example, and not noticing the chaos and havoc happening around them. And it's because the movie centers Christmas around being like a materialistic distraction for people from violence and from the things in our lives that we don't, that we, you know, reluctantly accept. And I think this is one of the best examples of satire in Brazil because it's not heavy handed and it's going after, it's punching up because usually the Christmas season is framed in a way of like, well, it's just nice to take a break and to sort of turn off the synapses and and gather around the fire and, and not think about your your worries. And you know what? That's totally great. I think people should feel free to do that and they should feel comfortable to do that. But what movies like Brazil do is they show us that there can be a danger to that mentality when it's overexpressed. And we sort of use the Christmas season to neglect the real problems in the world. you know, There are things happening right now, for example, where people can't afford to pay their rent right now. People are losing money and they're in dire straits and Christmas can't be a distraction. But for those of us who are privileged to not have to worry about that, we're not thinking about them because Christmas is distracting us and it's, it's forcing us to sort of turn a blind eye almost to people. And Brazil challenges us not to do that and to be more aware and to be more present get it, present because of Christmas, with (laughs) the needs of society. So that's why Brazil, it may not be the happiest-go-luckiest Christmas movie, but it is a very useful and instructive Christmas movie all the same.
1: Really a great combination, I think, with maybe George C. Scott's A Christmas Carol. Could do a double feature there, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a good idea, actually. I like
1: that. Maybe a triple feature, go really all in with... Uh, 1984 adaptation starring John Hurt. Why not?
0: Hmm. Well, you know, I wasn't. This wasn't on my list, but I did think about Iron Man three because that entire movie is an allegory for a Christmas Carol, in my opinion. But I don't really want to talk about any Shane Black movies here because Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Okay, we've we that's been those have been talked about to death. We know those are Christmas movies, sort of. So we can just not.
1: Oh, yeah, those alternative Christmas movies they've been discussed for quite some time now, but we're really getting into it with the Christmas movies now, John, I have one more one more alternative Christmas movie that is quite near and dear to my heart. It's very I fresh in my is. heart too mm-hmm. no, uh, I think I think, yep, here we go. We're going into it, folks. There was a little movie that came out also in twenty nineteen, but it has had its own adaptations. For one of decades which is now.
0: another Christmas movie. I'm just going to say it. The 1994 definitely.
1: one. Yep, definitely. Folks, we're talking about 2019's Little Women. And um, among so many of the reasons why Little Women feels like a very warm and, and dear alternative Christmas movie, almost like a spiritual companion even to the holiday itself there is so much about the source material written by Louisa May Alcott and, and how Greta Gerwig just so tenderly reiterates all of the things, the the circumstances, the experiences that these four sisters, the March sisters have throughout this story that remind us of the heart of what Christmas is supposed to be about, supposed to be about our family, our connections, the people that we love most in this world being with us despite any differences, despite the fact that one of us might burn the other's book for whatever reason. It's such a beautiful movie. A lot of it also takes place throughout different seasons and marks different time periods in the women's lives, pivotal moments and milestones in their lives as well. And there are just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shots of the four girls just walking through the snow, enjoying their Christmas holidays with their family with Marmee, and welcoming their dad back home. It it just feels it has all the makings of a classic Christmas film and as John mentioned. This was also done in nineteen ninety-four and was adapted for the screen starring Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon and was directed by Gillian Armstrong who also did one of my favorite movies of all time, my brilliant career. But there's something about Gerwig's adaptation that feels like a homemade Christmas present that you feel mm-hmm. so excited to give to someone on that Christmas morning and you don't care how long it takes to get there you don't care if you have to take the horse and carriage to get there you don't care if you have to take the sled there heck doesn't even matter if you're like Amy and you want to race across the pond you find yourself falling through the ice and your sister and Lori have to help you get out but it just feels like such a tender and beautiful movie in and of itself but just also has these beautiful tethers to such a sentimental holiday that's really marked by such sentiment, and you know i think I think Greta Gerwig, the amiable Greta Gerwig, said it best when she said, "Women they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts, and they've got ambition, and they've got talent as well as just beauty, and so sick of people saying that little women is not a Christmas movie, I'm so sick of it <laughs> because it is." <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. When I think of Christmas, I think of family dynamics, right? And I, I have that feeling when I go home and I know, cause you have, I think like one sibling, right? I and do. I have three and similar to little women, we all have our roles. We all have like our thing, there's sibling rivalry. Are
1: you and- an Amy or are you a Joe, John? That's the real question.
0: I think you know the answer to that question. Um, I don't know if I have to if I even have to say it. But You're Beth,
1: aren't you? I knew that you were a Beth. <laughs> I wish. I, I wish knew. I was that
0: talented. Um Yeah. No, I've always identified with Joe in so many ways. I'm the Joe of my family in the sense of like my romantic entanglements always tend to be pretty dramatic and um not quite as not quite as uh seamless, right, as uh I'd say Beth or Meg, but you know, when I watch Little Women, I think about all the little roles they have, all the sibling rivalry and the expectations. And when you go home and the competing for attention and but at, at the end of the holiday, you find yourselves just loving each other all the same. Like you said, when when one of us is in trouble, we take care of each other and we, we forgive. And you know, somebody burns my novel, I'm not gonna freak out. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause I did save a backup on the USB drive. So we're okay. One,
1: th- um. one of the things I was even thinking about too, to your point is that, you know, when it comes down to it all these years later, a lot of us probably won't remember what the different gifts that we get yes. or the gift that we get on certain Christmases, but we'll remember the interactions that we have with our family members. And I think yeah. more than anything, what Gerwig's adaptation of Little Women really showed everyone was what matters most and what builds people up the most is these interactions that we have with the people closest to us and the people who shape our lives. And, you know, at the center of it all, Christmas is a holiday about family and relationships and what other movie demonstrates sisterly bonds and dynamic relationships, complicated relationships more than as of recently, more than Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. I think it's just such a fascinating story to look back on. I think it's very heartwarming and heartbreaking in equal breaths. It's Christmas. It's Christmas all wrapped up in a tidy little book.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So it sounds like you've gone to basically the end of your list. I have a bunch of other ones, but I only want to talk about one more. So I'm oh, gonna no. do a speed round. Oh boy. So I'm just gonna go through the list. And if you object, speak now or forever hold your your piece. You'll your, 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 your Yule Christmas log. piece. Yeah. Um Batman Returns. It's an obvious one.
1: Christmas um, movie. Absolutely. It's absolutely Christmas a Christmas movie.
0: movie. Um it's also one of the best Batman movies, I think. Absolutely. Um, most of the Harry Potter films, although the only one that hits me the most is a Christmas joint is the first one. Absolutely. I completely agree. Just seeing Harry, you know, it kind of talks it kind of speaks to the Red Dawn thing from earlier and hustlers as well. It's like when you have Christmas, it doesn't matter who you're with, but also it matters who you're with. You know, that person is family. And the this that moment that he he shares is just that's it's a birthday movie too, I'll say that. Um, Toy Story. Um, I think Toy Story is absolutely a Christmas movie for aesthetic reasons only, not a lot of deeper meaning there. But you know, there's also like the feeling of like jealousy and and how that kind nostalgia, can ruin, you know, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up, and then just being jealous of things. And you know, there's also Step Brothers. Now, Step Brothers is definitely a Christmas movie, 100% no argument um because that speaks to you know sometimes your family changes and when you can relish in the friendship you can have holidays that are unforgettable which is how that film ends right so stepbrothers for sure um i don't know you're being quiet which scares me
1: i'm i'm considering this you know i was leaning towards (laughs) perhaps a hanukkah movie but you know you you've made your
0: points uh, there's also Hateful Eight, because it's not Christmas without snow and violence. Um, speaking of which, Gremlins. That's an obvious one. Everybody oh, says definitely Gremlins. One, maybe. definitely. Christmas um, movie. Definitely. While You Were Sleeping. You know, it's not the best, but it's one of my favorite love declarations, and it does happen on Christmas, so there you go.
1: Uh, what says um, Christmas more than Sandra Bullock, you know?
0: Mm, good point. I didn't, didn't consider that. Uh, mean Girls... Um, Christmas movie,
1: absolutely a Christmas, Christmas
0: movie. movie. You know, when you're there for your friends, when they're about to be embarrassed and you improvise, that's Christmas. Um, Prometheus, when mm. it's just sort of, you're celebrating the holiday, but then everything goes wrong in January. That's very much a Christmas thing. I think that's kind of how 2019 rolled into 2020, if you want to be honest. Oh, I think so. You've got mail, um, you know, being lied to, you know, around Christmas. Being, and being lied to is the
1: cornerstone of any Christmas holiday film.
0: Yes, yes. yes Romance that is. is problematic. <laughs> that's very Christmas. And, you know, that's why I love that movie, of course. Anna and the Apocalypse. So I might Christmas argue it's movie. a little too Christmassy. Yeah, it's an alternative Christmas movie, though. It's not, it was marketed as zombies, musicals, and fantastic you know, groundbreaking future award winning actors. Um, I think.
1: But they had the Christmas underneath all of that. They
0: did. Yes. They really? Can, do. The candy cane was literally a weapon, so can't argue too much with that one. When Harry met Sally.
1: Absolutely. Okay, listen. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. I think I might have to disagree with you on this okay. one, John. And it's listen, it's for the same reason why we have such a warfare over our beloved film, The Apartment. Um I, I was building to,
0: up to the apartment. I, that was gonna be the last one I was gonna talk about.
1: Well then so here's the thing. The apartment and when Harry met Sally make an incredible double feature. I think they're a great double feature. I think I might have mentioned it on a previous milestone episode. On the apartment, in fact, where I argued that same time that the apartment is a New Year's movie just like When Harry Met Sally, because the penultimate moments happen on New Year's, and it feels like the entire movie is a lead-up to those moments, whereas Christmas is just happening in the background. It doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie. No, because they are, in fact, New Year's movies. I submit my evidence to the court, and I wait for their ruling.
0: Sustained. Uh, So I'll start with You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail is a Christmas movie because there are Christmas trees in it, And I'd rather spend the bulk of this argument on the apartment. Also, just like the the whole thing about um, romance and feeling like you should be with someone just because you want their company and the way we take advantage of people in that way is something that you've got meal covers and I appreciate it. Uh, But first... I do want to finish my list before we f- we talk about the Why are you talking about You've Got Mail?
1: I thought we were talking about When Harry Met Sally in The Apartment.
0: Oh, sorry. Not, yeah, I misspoke. When Harry Met Sally. Wow.
1: My... See, folks, he doesn't I'm even just... remember that no, The Apartment little... and When Harry Met Sally.
0: are a little New flustered. Year... He doesn't even remember this... that
1: he thought that they were Christmas movies, which means that they are New Year's movies. No. I rest my case.
0: It's all this misinformation flying around and it's badgering the witness. Um, but no, the last few ones I was going to say, Paddington.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: you know, that Paddington is a Christmas bear. Uh, Rise of the Guardians. You <laughs> Definitely know, Christmas. It, yeah, it's one of those animated films. You, you got you to gotta turn it on around Christmas time if you haven't seen it. It's just so blessed. Um, Casablanca, is, it's a riskier pick. Um, I would say Casablanca, though, because of the music and because of just that warm romantic setting that just reminds you that anything is possible and you might have this like one season together but really there's other things that need to be done you know and christmas has to end the christmas the the vacation has to it sort of fades away but you have to go back to reality um i don't know if i can support that choice i can support that choice i get it it's a little bit of a stretch and last one this is a this is a more recent film, and I hope everybody watches it at least twelve times. And that's Sylvie's Love. Uh, have you heard much about Sylvie's Love? yet? I don't know if you've seen oh,
1: it. Oh, I have heard about Sylvie's Love, starring Tessa Thompson, one of our favorites. Um, oh, absolutely! I'm so yeah. I'm so excited to watch it when it hits Amazon Prime.
0: <laughs> I I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. It also stars Nam Um, This is the new Eugene Ash film, and. It looks sumptuous. I I had the absolute pleasure and privilege that I do not take for granted that I got to see this on a big screen at Sundance and it was one of my absolute favorite films of the festival. It's one of my absolute favorite scores of the entire year. For La Conte did the score. And the cinematography by Declan Quinn is sumptuous and it, it sweeps you into throwback Hollywood without feeling like an artist or mank or something that's just sort of like cosplaying old-fashioned cinema. It gets the emotion of that cinema. This isn't a film that has technical Christmas elements, but it does have the sweeping sensibility of christmas and uh, i i felt so like i did watch it like right after christmas because it was january last year but i felt so connected to the relationship between these characters and the time they spend together and uh my goodness it's wonderful and i hope everybody watches it it's such a perfect christmas time kind of film i think and it's going to be on amazon prime video i think as of today actually i think yeah it comes out on the 23rd so i think you can watch it right now. If I'm wrong, I apologize. It might be a limited theatrical thing on the 23rd, but I remember seeing that release date. If it's available on Prime Video and I'm right about that, please consider checking it out. And actually, I'm looking at a poster right now. It says, December 25th, Prime Video. So maybe it did Hit a few theaters today but then on Christmas Day you might be able to see it I don't know for sure
1: well but you heard it here first folks John talked about a movie that's absolutely incredible but he lied to you and right. said the wrong thing just like he lies to you about the apartment and when Harry met Sally being Christmas movies not.
0: Now, for the listeners who are not aware uh, Julia Ta Julia Tady and I already had an in-depth discussion of the apartment a couple of months ago the apartment happens to be a a New Year's favorite Eve movie. of all time a between New Year's Julia movie. and myself. Definitely. It is a and Christmas
1: a New Year's movie. Maybe. No, it's a so, it's
0: no, I, I <laughs> there is this. There is not. There is You've made your case. hmm You know, there's this rumor going around that what makes something in a New Year's movie is when something happens around New Year's, which sure you can superficially if you want to call an apartment a New Year's movie, by all means. I'm not gonna stop you. But to say that a movie that has its climax at a Christmas party where the revelations come through and characters uh, find each other over the Christmas holiday only be separated, what is more Christmas than that? It is true that the resolution happens on New Year's, but you can say the same thing about so many other films that we've mentioned. For example, Chest Friends. When do they have their you know, resolution? Yeah, it's in it's in New Year's. And it's not because it's a New Year's movie it's because New Year's is a second chance. It's a second chance at love, it's a second chance at things we lose at Christmas, and the apartment, it's a second chance to make the right impression and to start something anew. So they're not incompatible holidays and they're not exclusionary to each other. I could concede a little bit if you want to call it a holiday movie, right? Because it does capture the energy of both holidays, but I think that it is incorrect to say that it's just a new year's movie it ignores all of the christmas celebration that happens in the periphery and informs the romantic coming together that happens on new year's and anyone who disagrees can shut up and deal
1: <laughs> oh wow you're gonna hit me with shirley <laughs> mclean's emitable last words well you I know, know how i, I could i could potentially concede to some of that however I would like to say that with the apartment as well as when Harry met Sally Christmas falls under this time in these characters' lives when they are absolutely miserable or they are convinced that they are happy yeah. much like Christmas does to a lot of us however yep. I would argue however I would argue that during that time period they're still going through their internalized change they're still becoming the characters that we want them to be and that we want to root for by the end of the film meeting at this resolution of the film and this new year's resolution of being the people that they want to be like you said giving the first impressions that they ought to have given i think that it's a great lead up to what makes it a new year's movie about reconvening and understanding all of these mistakes, all of the things that we have done that we aren't proud of in the time before this fresh slate where we can just sit down on the couch, have a card game, and potentially start fresh with the person that we potentially are meant to be with. And what's better about New Year's than a fresh slate? That's what the apartment is all about, is getting to that place.
0: And I think it needs the Christmas component because oh,
1: well, you, don't even,
0: you don't even have the scene where Fran kisses him for the first time if there's not the jealousy and misunderstanding over the fruitcake. So fruitcakes does Fran equals ever, Christmas equals...
1: Does Fran ever kiss our dear buddy boy? I don't think she does. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's
0: like a friendship kiss
1: because uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. after he gets punched. Oh, yeah. I see. Not the
0: romant- Not a romantic kiss.
1: Mm. that's when he mm-hmm. says
0: uh it didn't hurt a bit ah right it's well it sounds know, like
1: okay i think that we both have our reasons for knowing that this movie is a new year's movie but i think that we can <laughs> let the viewers decide for themselves you know if you haven't watched the apartment or if you haven't watched when harry met sally they make a great double feature
0: I would agree with that, especially because the apartment is informs so much of the formula there. Um, but not that they're like not that it's a rip-off by any means.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, also
0: not. shop around the corner, you could you could throw into the mix, I think Definitely. would be very fair. Jimmy Stewart. Um, I don't like it as much as You've Got Mail because the the nostalgia for me goes more with You've Got Mail. You've got it's Mail, a 90s movie. Yeah. I know I'm going, going back, back to, 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 to that on purpose this time. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, I like you've got mail. It's, it's a. I grew up with it. I forgive all of its problems. It's the family member that comes to Christmas, and I got, I kind of got to put up with them.
1: I find it to be the lesser of some of the Meg Ryan movies,
0: but I, guess, can... that's it is, it is, but it's family. Fair, very I, fair. <laughs> well, Julia, I think that'll probably do it for our holiday special. We covered a wealth of films. I think so. We agree I think, more than we don't.
1: I, I tend to think so. You know what? This episode had all the makings of what it means to be with people who you confide in and who you care about around the holidays. You know, we drive you crazy bond, a little bit. We bonded. <laughs> we drove each other crazy. We argued. I was correct. You were wrong. It just, it ended up <laughs> it's being like, like being a regular Christmas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you, of course, for taking the time and suggesting we do this in the first place. It was very fun. Listeners, if you have an alternative Christmas movie that you love that we did not share, or if you want to relish in one of the ones we did share more, please go to the comments or send us an email on your thoughts. We would love to read them. And we hope that you have the happiest of holidays, no matter what you're celebrating or where or who with. We just really hope it is a good one. And we hope that... If you are celebrating New Year's around the time that you're listening to this, you go out and you watch The Apartment because uh, it's fun to watch Christmas movies on New Year's, I think.
1: Oh, yes. Unless you're watching New Year's movies, which means The Apartment <laughs> is the perfect movie to watch with When Harry Met Sally, which is also a New Year's movie.
0: <laughs> All right. See you, everybody.
1: Bye.